Welcome to Apply Filters, the podcast all about WordPress development. I'm your host, Brad Tunar, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Pippin Williamson. And today we have a special guest, Stephanie Leary is joining us. Today, Hi, everyone. Today we, hey, will be, today we will be talking, uh, getting to know Stephanie a little bit better. Uh, we'll talk about uh, something called Generate WP, and then we'll go over our favorite pu- plugins uh, and... That'll be it. Cool. Well, why don't we go ahead and jump in with you, Stephanie, and get to know you a little bit better. Um, Why don't you tell us really quickly what you do day-to-day? So I am a freelance uh, developer. I mostly do custom plugin development, um, but I work with a lot of um, education and government offices, and so what I tend to find myself doing a lot of times with them is a really top-to-bottom process uh, of redesigning their website from uh, like content audit and content strategy all the way up through developing the theme and then developing whatever custom plugins they need to make their business work. Very cool. Do you normally, when you're building the custom themes, do you also do the design aspect of it? I don't. Um, I need to find some designers to work with, so if anyone's listening who (laughs) wants to work with me on that, that would be cool. Um, I do a lot of stuff with um, either existing themes or um, modifying, you know, something that that I have. Sure. Is that something that's that's hard to to find people to work with, to find good designers to work with? I have not put a lot of effort into it so far, so I couldn't say. No, I think it's. I think it it varies on the project. It's definitely hard. Like I used to do that a lot, and it was hard sometimes for some projects, uh, and then others were super easy. Uh, obviously, I think the, uh, the the resources you have available to you in terms of who you, who you know, the number of potential designers, et cetera, that are that are available, obviously makes a difference. But in general, I, I think develop um, developer designers, just like developers, are generally really busy. So sometimes finding someone who's good, who is available, and who is within the budget of the project can definitely be challenging. Yeah. Yes, it's that any two challenge. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. When I was doing client work, <clears throat> I was fortunate enough to um, to get my work mostly from designers. <laughs> so <clears throat> they came to me usually. So it was actually... I nice. never usually had to go out seeking designers. So that was that was one of my favorite curious. things about some of the client work I used to do. I worked for an for an agency in New York City, and I was just their developer. But they always took care of the design. So they just handed me a design and said, "Build it," and that was awesome for me, just because I didn't have to worry about putting the getting somebody to do the design or who try and do the design myself. I started out as a designer, and so I've really only recently sort of admitted that I just have not been part of that world for a long time and that I need to find someone else to do that for me. <laughs> I, I used to think I was a designer, and then I, I learned very clearly that I was not. <laughs> yeah. So uh, go ahead, Brad. So Stephanie, how, how, did you, like, how did you get started with development? When, when did you decide, I'm just going to focus on development? I, I really fell into it by accident. Um, I was doing themes for the offices that I worked for when I was full-time at Texas A&M University, and we would always end up needing some sort of feature that we couldn't implement um, you know, without a plugin or um, something like that. And so I ended up writing things into plugin or into themes that themes were really not intended to do. And I was like, you know, I really need to, to learn how to extract this and, and make it reusable so that we can you know, change our theme and not lose our features and stuff like that. Um, I think, and so I that's, think that's how, how a lot of plugin developers get started, for sure. Yeah. I, w- I was the exact same way. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. Writing those features into themes and then realizing, you know what, maybe this would be good as a plugin. I should yeah. figure out how to write that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good progression. I mean, to start out, you know, tweaking themes. I mean, I'd imagine most people kind of started like that, right? Because you, you start with, you, with what you so. see on the screen, you know? <laughs> Exactly, and WordPress themes are so flexible and can do so many things that you see, you know, when you download a theme, you see stuff built built into there that maybe ought to be a plugin. Um, right. That's a good starting point, and you can look at it and figure out what they're doing. And you know, you if you're not trained as as a developer, you can still follow along and say, okay, well, here's where the the heading is being, uh, you know, output, and and here's where the the body is being output, and whatever I am trying to do is somewhere in between. And so you start learning about hooks and stuff like that. Certainly. I think as you start, to, you start to look at those features and kind of realize, ooh, this would be really good as a plugin, it's also a natural progression into understanding maybe what should and shouldn't be in a theme or exactly. what should be as a plugin. Yes. So you've written, I know you've written a few plugins. Uh, what are either your most favorite or your most popular of the plugins that you've written? And maybe just um, give us a quick list of some of the ones you've done. My favorite and the most popular are the same one. Uh, it's the HTML import. Um, and I wrote that one, again, to solve a problem I was having working with these university offices that had um, pages, I mean, websites that were made of, like, thousands and thousands of, of pages that had been done in Dreamweaver. And they all used a standard template, but they were not part of a content management system, and we needed to import those into WordPress somehow. And there was no automated way to do that. Um, and so I started looking at, uh, you know, how to read um, HTML files as XML. And I was like, okay, well, these are all... Um, fairly, you know, the fairly clean files. The markup is good, and, and it, they all validate. So I should be able to read these, uh, you know, in PHP with an XML parser. Um, and so I just wrote, you know, the first version was really crappy, but um, it was like a standard sort of PHP script that would go through all the files in a directory. And so I, I built in some stuff to exclude file types and exclude certain directories and, like, and then so the, the ones that did have, like, an HTML or a PHP extension, I would just read those in as XML and find the, the div that I needed to be the content. And <laughs> that's, that's really, really fantastic. Um, I, I know I've seen the plugin around a couple times. I've never had a reason to, to use it, uh, primarily since I got out of client work. This isn't something that I, I do anymore. But I absolutely just love the, the idea of taking all of that static content and migrating it over. Um, I know back when I was doing client work, I migrated a couple sites. And it was so tedious because I did it all by hand. Took yeah. their HTML, I copied it into WordPress, I copied another file page by page. Um, so that's brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, I did one 100-page um, site by hand and said, I'm done. I'm not Never doing it again. <laughs> anymore. Um, and so I was, you, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, what do you th uh, find are the, the biggest challenges with this? So obviously you're, Im you're importing or you're trying to read this HTML, and hopefully it's in a well-formed template file. Do you experience a lot of issues where people are trying to import maybe poorly formed HTML or it's just not consistent and it doesn't work very well? And oh, have, yeah. you been able uh, to have you been able to account for those kind of things? A little bit, but I'm, I'm limited by the abilities of the PHP parser. Um, sure. you know, there's only so much I can do without completely rewriting that. Um, right. So I do get a lot of people who try to run the plugin on front page sites. Um, <laughs> and at that point, I just kind of sigh and say, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you know? Some of them work. Um, and, and so that's why people keep trying it, because if they didn't do anything completely crazy in front page, sure. it, it'll read it. Um, 
and some of them just don't. <laughs> did you so, ever get did you ever get someone trying to use it with a website that was built in Microsoft Word? X, yes. X, really? Oh my yes. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I actually had someone contact me about potentially writing a, a doc file importer. Um, Interesting. I don't even know that what that be is. Kind of, that would actually be really cool. That would, but... Because um, well, yeah, I, I used to get, uh, when I was doing client work, I would always get like the site outlines and all the content in Word documents. Oh, absolutely. I still do, yeah. That would actually—I don't—I don't know if it, that if that exists. If another developer's written it, if not, if somebody wants a plugin, that would be fantastic. It would kick ass. Did I have you say a duck it. file? What is a duck? A doc file. file. A, a doc file. file. Okay, that makes way more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Brad okay. sitting over trying to think, what in the world is a duck file? <laughs> a word doc, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So, is this a plugin? Uh, this this HTML importer is it one that you're still actively developing? Are you adding new features, or are you really just kind of maintaining it? No, I'm actively developing it. Um, I've been having some health problems for the past couple of months, and so I haven't been very active on any of my um, my websites or my plugin development or anything. Um, so I have a list of things that need to be done, um, and I'll get to them when I'm feeling better. <laughs> sure. Well, I hope that's soon. Thanks. Uh, is, is this a plugin that you have on GitHub? If so, can people find it on GitHub to contribute back to it? I do not have it on GitHub yet. I tried to import it with all of the um, SVN history from the WordPress repo, and uh, it completely did not work. I've actually never tried to do that. That's yeah, me neither. I just I, oh, I, I, wow. usually, I usually just get lazy. I'm like, you know what? Forget the history. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> okay, same I feel better. <laughs> yeah. So I will. That's like one of the next things on my list is to put the just put the current version up there and and not worry too much about the history. Um, so that people sure. can contribute back to it. I do get people who email little bug reports through my contact form, but that's obviously not ideal. Right. Cool. So uh, one more question for you before we start off on some other topics. Sure. Have you personally contributed back to WordPress core? I have. I have awesome. uh, two or three patches in 3.7. Um, Very cool. Which I'm you really excited about. Tell us about them. I don't remember what they are. <laughs> <laughs> Wrote these patches in your sleep. I did. That's awesome. No, I really were they, were like, they primarily the like, like bug my, fixes my or, or new is, features. Ah, uh, they were bug fixes, I think. Um, you know, let me let me go look. <laughs> I have sure. slept since then. I don't remember. Um, cool. While yeah. while you're looking those up, uh, I, I'd love to find out which ones those are. I I believe you have written a couple books. I think you said you've just released uh, uh, the second edition of one. Which book yeah. is that? That's so we changed titles. Um, the first edition was called Beginning WordPress Three, and that was back in two thousand ten. Um, and there were some things I wasn't happy with, <laughs> of course. Um, it, it's kind of a joke among published authors. The first thing you you do, you open to page one and you notice a typo or something like that. Um, <laughs> on top of that, there were like development concepts that I I wish I had explained better or had explained sure. differently. And my editor at the time was really focused on that beginning word in the title and wanted me to kind of dumb things down a little bit in some cases. And he wanted me to avoid um, object-oriented concepts wherever I could. And really? so, uh, yeah. <laughs> what so was I, the reasoning there? It's they're really they were really convinced that procedural code was easier to follow. I figured that might be the problem. <laughs> the I, I, you know, as as much as I don't like that, I I think I totally understand that. I I do get it, but unfortunately, it means that I lost an argument about the WP Query 
class versus query posts. And so that was a big thing I wanted to fix in the second edition. I was going to insist that we got it. That. And I, I ended up getting a whole different editorial team uh, for this edition. And we changed the title. Um, one of the things that was problematic about that first one, too, is that people picked it up thinking it was going to be a beginning and user book. And it was. Oh, really and it's definitely not. It's a beginning and user book. book. Yeah, it's, a, it's intended for people who like you know, know how to build websites, maybe in Dreamweaver or front page, and want to get into, you know, building WordPress themes and plugins. Um, and so we changed the title to WordPress for Web Developers. Okay, and cool. that um, updated edition with many, many, many improvements, including <laughs> the WP Query object, uh, came out in July. Awesome. Cool. Very Shall cool. we, uh, uh, did, did you happen to find those? Those tickets? Oh gosh, no. Um, I'm really gonna have to go back and look. <laughs> no worries. We we can put them in the show notes for anybody who's interested. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, I, 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 I'm personally always interested to know like what kind of contributions somebody has given to Core. So if anybody else who are listening likes that as well, look in the show notes and we'll put them in there. Cool. Brad, do you want to start us on our next topic? Yeah. Um, so there's this site called Generate WP uh, that allows you to basically generate snippets of code. So let's say you wanted to set up uh, a new post type uh, for a theme that you're working on or maybe a plugin you're working on <clears throat> and you didn't want to have to type out all the, you know, the code to, to mm -hmm. you know, register post type code. Um, so that you could use this tool and uh, basically using a form, you select this option or that option and you fill in this text box and that text box and then it generates that code for you so kind of it's kind of That's like cool. uh, an interactive documentation almost i would describe okay. it as um and that's from rami y is the guy that's behind that and uh i i gave it a little bit of a try and uh i thought it was pretty good um especially if you're just getting started um but there's a like one thing that I could see being improved was like when you're doing register post type, some of the options are dependent on one another. So mm -hmm. for instance, like the public argument, like if you set that to true, then other options by default get set to true. Right. And, like and for example, like show, show UI, I believe defaults to whatever the public value is. Exactly. That's right? a good example. Exactly. And, but that's, when you select it in the form, it doesn't actually switch it automatically. Okay. Um, so that's like one little improvement I could see with it. But, sure. But if you're just I think starting overall, out, it's pretty awesome. Like, I think overall it's pretty awesome. Here's a quick list of some of the things that allows you to generate. Taxonomies, post type, post status, theme support, sidebars, menus, quick tags, user contact methods, WP query objects, user query objects, and a couple of others. Um, I, I have a few thoughts on this. And then, Stephanie, I'd love to hear your thoughts as well. Um, First of all, I think the idea of this tool is awesome. It's a great learning tool for somebody who can see a function like register post type and just not really know how to use it or just be a little bit overwhelmed because there's so many parameters. Um, so this can be really nice for quickly generating those code snips and trying them out. Um, it's also fantastic if you just don't remember what all those parameters are and and either the codex does, isn't updated or you just don't want to use the codex or you don't know that the codex exists. Um, I do have one kind of a concern, kind of a comment. Um, code generators are great as long as you use them as a learning tool and not depending on them. I think it's really important for developers 
to make sure that they understand exactly what they're using. Once you understand and know exactly how to how, what you're using and how to write it from scratch, use the code generators all you want, but make sure that you're not relying on them. Um, I I I think if let, let's say for example you want to go query some post, if you cannot remember how to write a WP query object to use that, you should not be using a code generator. You could use a code generator to to learn how to use it, but then make sure that you're really memorizing that and understanding how it works so that if you get into a scenario where you have to write it by hand, you're not doomed. I agree. Stephanie, what do you, cool. You want to <laughs> share share your thoughts on on generate WP in general and maybe just anything else related to it. I completely agree. I like the idea of this as a learning tool. Um, I have tried to use um, things like custom post type UI in the past and very quickly decided that it wasn't something I wanted to rely on in a production environment. Um, sure. I recently tried out types and views, and I'm kind of partial to it. Um, it's pretty cool. I, I should also say that my my opinions come from somebody who has written a plugin like that. Yeah. I wrote one called uh, Easy Easy Content Types, and it's uh -huh. for like post types, taxonomies, and, and metaboxes. And I, I think it's personally I, I like I like the plugin. I think it works really well for people. But sometimes I I'm a little concerned because like I, I wrote a code export in it so you can write your post types in the plugin and then export the code and I get people that are that are using it as their way to generate the code for post types and I'm thinking hmm, that's kind of funny because it's not really what the plugin is meant for uh, yeah. and I'm not sure it's the best use of something like this it's much better for like on the fly or e even people that are like building client sites and don't want to jump into the code but if you if you're a developer I I would be very reluctant to rely on code generators. And that's coming from somebody who wrote one. <laughs> <laughs> I so. think, it, you know, like you said, it's a good tool to use if you can't remember all the arguments or, you know, something like that. But I, and maybe this is my bias as someone who's written a book, but, you know, I want someone to understand the concepts behind each of these things before they go off and do it. Like, Absolutely. register post status is problematic. And... <laughs> You need to understand where that's going to work and where it's not going to work and what its limitations are before you run off and say, well, I'm going to create a post status and it's going to be <laughs> useful yeah. to me throughout the WordPress admin screen. That's not necessarily true. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I think one of my favorite parts of Generate WP, though, um, and this one, personally, I don't care if you remember this at all, is the plugin readme generator. Oh, yes. I that, love one is, that is fantastic. Like, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that in any shape or form. Because I mean, how often do you actually need to write a new README unless you're writing a whole bunch of plugins? And let's 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 be be realistic. Everybody copies and pastes their README's from previous plugins. Of course we do. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever written a README from scratch, except maybe the very first time. Why would you? I mean, yeah, yeah. It's got to so. conform to this standard format. So you're going to start with either the one that's on the developer center, on WordPress.org, or one that you've already written, or someone else's. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I, I think one other thing that I would say would be a, a nice improvement to this generator is if there was like contextual help, like for each of the the arguments, like that it would, you know, if it described what each of the arguments, sure, like in detail what they did. I, th I think that's that's definitely a good little, not necessarily a criticism, but a critique of it. Um, I mean, like let's go into, for example, the sidebar generator. Um, I, I have no idea what the description is. Is that a description that is for me in the code? 
or is that a description that's going to show somewhere inside of WordPress core? Now, obviously, like sidebar, like an argument called description is a little bit more meaningful um, and intuitive than something like class or or parent or something like that. But it's still um, having that having that extra bit of help would be would be great. And I think they could do that just by commenting these code examples a little bit more thoroughly. Certainly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's always room for improvement for like little projects like this. Yeah. So I mean, e- I even it. even with those things, I mean, Rami's done a absolutely awesome job with this. I mean, in terms of like it, it works really well. The code comes out nicely. Um, it is it is. I mean, it's very it's very robust. So even even with a little bit of criticism, it's, yep. I think it's awesome. Yeah. For sure. I think so too. I think we immediately jumped on some things that we didn't like about it because we immediately saw it and went, this is awesome and I want to use it. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Uh, let's go ahead and jump in and talk about our favorite plugins of the week. Um, sure. So, Brad, why don't you start with yours? Yeah, sure. So, I, I actually uh, picked a plugin that Pippin didn't know about. So, I feel pretty, pretty proud right now. That- <laughs> You know, uh, you know, when you review plugins for WordPress.org, there's a lot of plugins that go through. <laughs> oh, man. Just saying. Uh, but you're the plugin guy, man. I, I did think I'd be able to pick one that you would ever do, not know. Uh, so. it, it happens more often than you might think. <laughs> anyway, my plugin is called Hierarchy, and it's by Jonathan Christopher. And it <clears throat> basically takes custom post types and sticks them into a UI with pages um, so and, and allows you to take them out of the menu like in the sidebar um, and it's actually a bit hard to describe without the the screenshots um, but I'll, I'll try so so say you have a custom post type um, uh, for blog posts which is like the that's obviously the default post type um, but that's sitting in your, uh, normally that's just sitting in your menu under posts. Um, but if you've rearranged your homepage to be like a static page, uh, and then blog posts being its own, uh, its own kind of separate page. So like, say you have it under slash blog, um, then if you go to your your pages menu, you have like this page in there sit, sitting there called blog, right? That's like, okay, but that's actually your blog archive page, right? So it's it's a bit confusing for, say you're building a site for a client that's kind of a confusing UI. Well, this plugin will actually set your set up your uh, content menu item in the, in the sidebar and allow you to hide your posts uh, menu. And then if you click content, your blog item in that menu will be uh, your posts. And if you click edit, it'll it'll show your posts. I probably did a terrible job explaining this. So um, tell tell me if 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 my uh, my summary real quick is right. So it allows you to have one main content menu in your sidebar, and then kind of in the same way that you would view items within a post type, you can view each of your post types inside of that. Um, underneath pages. So let's say that you have an about section on your site mm-hmm. and included included in the about section are team members. So you click content and it shows you your about page and then there's a team section where you can go enter each of the team members that are part of that team post type. Yes. Is that right? Yes, that's right. That's so really pretty cool. 
Yeah, it, it's if just take a look at it, uh, and you'll get it right away as soon as you see the yeah, screenshot. Yeah, I, I think the, screen, the screenshots definitely help, help to show that a lot. It, it's worth a thousand words, right? This screenshot, you'll just like, oh, my clients are going to be so less confused <laughs> if I implement I, this. I almost picked this as my plugin to talk about. I love this plugin. Um, oh, good. Yeah, so you've used it. I have. It it actually lets you organize your edit screens on the back end in a way that sort of conceptually matches the way you built the site on the front end. And I think a lot of clients find that that organization a lot easier to navigate um, than having each individual post type as its own separate menu item. Yeah, yeah and that's, that's if you really have, cool. And if you have a lot of different post types, you, like your your dashboard can get really confusing fast, right? Because then you have how does how does it handle post types registered by other plugins? So let's say that I I've I've set up these post types in hierarchy, and then I install a new plugin that registers a new post type. Does that get auto detected? I'm not or sure. Or do you then go? Would you Stephanie? Do you know? Would you have to go into your hierarchy settings and then reset that one up? You know, I don't know. Um, hierarchy, if, if I use it at all, is it's always the last thing that I set up. Sure. Okay. Well, that's really cool. Thanks, Brad. Sure. Stephanie, how about your plugin? So my plugin today, um, if you haven't heard of it, you totally need to be using it if you're listening to this podcast. It's called Developer, um, and it is, um, I believe, con- maintained by the core contributors. Um, and I told the guys before we started the show, I'm kind of cheating by picking this as my, my plugin to talk about because all it does is prompt you to install about a dozen other plugins. Um, and you can choose which ones you want and which ones you don't. But it it's kind of a checklist uh, for you as a developer um, of plugins that you need on your development environment uh, to check things out before you deploy to production. And so it will prompt you to install things like the debug bar, log deprecated notices, um, and we were talking user switching um, is brilliant, and it's one of the ones that's in the list for this. Um, and so if you're building a site that involves different um, roles and, and lots of users, you can switch to one of those other users and see what they see with their permissions and then switch back to your admin role and keep doing whatever you were doing. Yeah, that's um, super awesome. That's a plugin that I've used a lot when it yeah. comes to anything with a membership or anything with an account page or stuff like that. And it has two modes. It has pl- uh, plugin development and theme development, and it will prompt you to do different things depending on which one you're working on. I think you can do both. Um, it's does it does it allow you to when it gives you this list of plugins? Does it allow you to just click on one and say immediately install and activate, or yeah. does it just simply tell you if it's installed? No, it, it actually you you when you check off yeah you know user switching it installs and activates user switching. Cool. Does it if you happen to know? Um, this is a plugin that I feel like I should probably be using, but I've never really used it. And maybe it's because I use the plugins that are included with the plugin, so I, I kind of use it. Um, does it work in multi-site? So if you install it in multi-site and you install each of the plugins, does it network activate them, or is it still a site-by-site basis? Oh, you know, I can't remember if it network activates them. I think it only does it on the site that you're working on, but I'd have to go okay. back and try it. Sure, because that definitely can affect things. Definitely. That's a whole different kettle of fish, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. Um, some of the some of the plugins in there are, are definitely up in my favorites, favorite ones. Um, Absolutely. And for the theme mean, developers, it'll prompt you to install the um, Monster Widget. Monster Widget and the the um, the test content. Um, yeah, those those are those are both excellent. I actually, honestly, I actually use those as even as a plugin developer, just because sometimes I don't feel like populating test content with 
with plugins. I mean, if, Absolutely. if my plugin is doing something that affects either widgets or content areas or something, I, I really want to have some semi-realistic content in there to, to play with. And it also gives you multiple users which I, without having to set them up, which I like a lot. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Cool. Um, so the plugin that I picked for this week is one that I have actually been wanting for a long time, and apparently this has been available for about five or six months, and I just never realized it, uh, maybe even a little longer than that. Uh, I think most people are familiar with plugins like Widget Logic or similar. I know there's one now inside of Jetpack for controlling the visibility of widgets. Well, I've always wanted one for menu items, um, and not too long ago, Kathy Darling, I think, released one called Nav Menu Roles, which is really awesome. That allows you to basically say, if this user, ha if a user has this role, they can view this menu item, or if they don't have this role, they can not view this menu item. So you can kind of conditionally show show them. Well, anyway, so I found one called Menu Item Visibility Control, which allows you to set the the visibility of every menu item per item. So you can really easily do things like create account page menu items that only apply when a user is logged in and has a certain capability. Or if a user has a specific meta key or anything that you want, you can control whether or not a menu item is visible. Um, you can say if it's on the home page, you can say if the user's logged in. If you have a plugin that adds conditional tags, you can you can use those. So like for me, I wrote a membership plugin um, and I wanted to hide menu items if the user uh, was not an active subscriber so, or show them to the active subscribers and you can do that with this. Basically it gives you a little input field where you can just type a PHP conditional tag. Um, you have to be careful with it because just it's just uh, evaluating the PHP that you put into it so if you put bad PHP in it's going to kill your site. Um, but as long as you are comfortable using raw PHP like that inside of the interface it can be really really awesome for doing things. Um, for, for building better menus that actually make sense for your users. It's, it definitely for things like membership sites or e-commerce sites or anything that has an account page that a user's going to log into. That sounds so, brilliant, and I need yeah. it, and I'm going to go download it. So that's it. my plan. It's called Menu Item Visibility Control. Um, I, think, I think it has a couple of bugs in it where uh, if you have... Uh, if you have your debug env environment set up to show strict notices, it kind of freaks out a little bit. Um, but for, for most people, it's perfectly fine. It's only for people that have strict notices enabled. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, it's got a perfect 25-star 20, reviews. Nice. So wow. People That's... found it pretty popular. Yeah. It's written by a user called Shazda on WordPress.org. Interesting. That yeah. Hierarchy is actually super underrated, I think, because it's like... There's, I checked the, it only has like 1,800 downloads total over the last two years or something. So it's wow. like one of those plugins you know, that wonder... are hiding in plain sight, I think. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I've, I think I've seen it before, but I've never used it. I wonder if maybe that's something, if he was to update his plugin description or his plugin readme just to explain a little bit better what the plugin does um, right there on WordPress.org, that might be good. Because looking oh, at yeah, it, it's a little bit right. hard to tell without going off to his site. Yes, yeah, good point. I never thought. Yeah, of that. but putting a screenshot right there on the first uh, the first description screen would help because it, like you said, with that one, once you see it, you go, "Oh yes, I need this." But trying to describe it is kind of tricky. Yes, it's very certainly tricky. very tricky. All right, I think that uh, wraps us up for the day. Okay, so, uh, um, I had a little something I want to sneak oh, in sure. here. Um, go for it. 
myself and Brian Castler are actually working on a little conference uh, slash snowboarding trip <laughs> uh, for January, early January, January 6th to the 9th and, in Vermont. And so oh, awesome. anyone is interested, check the show notes and I'll provide a link. And if you're, if you're a snowboarder and a business owner and you work on the web, awesome. I would love Man, to see you sound, there. That sounds super fun. All right. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. Everybody who's listening, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back in about two weeks with the next episode. Uh, and then just one little mention, if you are interested in sponsoring the show and helping us produce these episodes, uh, you are more than welcome to visit applyfilters.com slash sponsorship uh, and tell us a little bit about your product or your service, and we will be more than happy to mention you uh, and give you a little spiel in the next episode or two. So thanks, everybody. Thanks. See you next time. Thanks, everyone.